105-102, the final. Thanks for watching the fourth quarter with us. This is the Stretch Four. We are the Bulls Outcast. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. That's John. Uh, as always, tips are welcome and appreciated. Uh, and you can also, for a small donation, hop on and join the broadcast with us if you have any thoughts you'd like to share. Otherwise, just keep hitting us up in the comments. Guys, I mean, this is, I guess, the second example this season of a Bulls team that didn't cave after a pretty ugly start. We saw them fight their way all the way back against the Blazers earlier this season from a 20-point deficit and win that game. And Zach Levine had a big hand in that game. And then tonight, we see Zach Levine, uh, the the boyfriend that you almost want your, your daughter to date, according to John, um, have a mammoth third quarter after a modest 13-point first half. Because he w- looked around at halftime and was like, y'all ain't doing shit tonight? Okay, I guess I'll do this. Brought the Bulls back into the game. The other interesting thing that we could talk about later is that Billy Donovan changed up that lineup to start the second half compared to the starting lineup. But again, another another night for Zach, another 30-plus point night for Zach. He finishes with 37-5-5. Five and five. Mm. Good. It was a good like team effort to get them back in this game, but I think most of the credit for getting them back into this game should go to Zach Levine. Am I wrong in thinking that, Dave? No. <laughs> yeah, it was all Zach Levine. I mean, they super struggled in that first half. It was so weird. They had no no spice to them. You know, there was no energy to them, nothing like that. And Zach was still – you know, Zach was doing what we saw him do a lot last year when we would beg him to say, stop doing this, like take over the game, uh, stop trying to find people. It's not working. Just actually take over the game. Zach did that in the third quarter. He said, no, no, we're not going out like this. This is my, like, there's no way we're going out like this. This team can't stop me. They don't have anybody that can guard me. And to do it, not only did you say 37 5 and 5, but throwing three steals with that, and also 14 of 22 shooting. He shot 63% from the field, man. He shot four of six from the three point line. Okay. He only got seven free throws, which we aren't used to seeing. He got seven free throws. But, dude, Zach Levine was the man, period, tonight. It was that that little free throw that he missed would have really put the uh on it. You know what I'm saying? The uh, I'm the man, that's it, lock it down. But I don't care. We won the game. We won the game, and that's all I care about. And Zach Levine was totally awesome, John. I mean, we, we shut down Sadiq Bay. That's all that matters. Eastern <laughs> Conference Player of the Year. That dude won Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week. Of the week, I mean. What was that? <laughs> what was that? 17 points That's per game. Insane. Cool. Cool, man. Zach cool. doubled that his job ass. At That's insane. I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, have nothing. I, th- I, I, have, I agree with everything you've said. Zach Levine, it's, it's a Zach Levine show, and that's why when he does these things where – I mean, he kind of has to be perfect. And even tonight, he wasn't. We still won. And that was a 20-point comeback. That's great, you know. Yeah, um, but that Patrick yeah. Williams shot, I think that is – that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway. Like, it, he, that was a big-time shot that everyone else we have would have missed. Lowry would have missed it. Mm. Wendell would have missed it. Kobe would have missed it. They would have missed it. Mm. Sato would have – like he, and he made it. And you're like, that's crazy. That was a big, that was a big shot. I think you you aren't entirely wrong, although I would counter by saying Kobe also hit a big three late in this game. And yes. he did so after being 0 of 5 from downtown on the night, 2 of 9 prior to that shot. He and Pete mm-hmm. Up both hit big shots. And it's so, interesting. Go ahead. 
I, I do think it's different than a Kobe shot. It was the control and the purpose and like the IQ of just, I don't need a dribble. I pump fake. It's a set shot. I didn't like, yes. whereas Kobe like manif- like manufactures opportunities. This was like a high basketball IQ. Simple. I can do it. And that's why I say Kobe wouldn't hit that because he would do too much. He, he yeah. wouldn't be that simple. Okay. I'm sorry. That's, ahead, that's the reason I say he, like, he could hit shots. Just not that not that beautiful basketball-wise yet. You're right. But I, I do think it was interesting. You're, you're saying, I'm sorry, oh, hold on. You're saying like within rhythm. the rhythm. Just like in the play, like he, it's all, I, I do exactly what's needed and I made the basket at a time we needed it. I just bump faked. Like I, I was spaced out the correct way. Like he just did it. It was beautiful basketball. Like, But who, who gave him the pass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, beautiful. Huzzah! <laughs> Iceman Timbo in the comments said, as a guy who agrees with Matt about Denzel, of course you do. You're smart like me. Um, he was he was a team leading plus nine in plus minus tonight. Plus minus oh. is useless. Do, do you mean it's because he was on the floor for the first eight minutes of the third quarter when Zach led the Bulls back by himself? That Guys. plus nine? Mm. Is that the Guys. plus nine yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, and Eli, and Eli has a great point, too. Like, they only gave up 12 points to the Pistons in that third quarter. Their defense really locked them up. Outside of Jeremy Grant, the Bulls played excellent defense on everybody in that third quarter. It was An awesome. individual plus minus for a single game, it, we should erase it. It tells it's, us nothing. It is it a very misleading, if ever useful, stat. Is, you cannot um, I tend to look more at Denzel's 1 of 11 tonight. That's amazing. 1 of 11. I didn't really one of eleven. One of eleven. One of a. I mean, if you can knock anything, you can't knock that dude's confidence. He was Dude. chucking him tonight. And they were like, did not they, care. They were like, you can only afford one number. He's like, great, I got it. One, give me one. I'll buy all the ones. I'm gonna be one of eleven. Um, he he's just clearly vibing um, with all the hype around his super successful album. That's, That's just nothing Joe. great music. Um. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Denzel being on the court for the start of the third quarter and that third quarter run that got the Bulls back in the game, I mentioned it prior. Patrick Williams, Wendell Carter Jr., and Kobe White benched to start the second half by Bulls head coach mm-hmm. Billy Donovan. And honestly, I saw that, and I saw um, Thad you know, replace uh, Wendell. I saw Denzel replace Kobe, and I thought, you know what? Cool. I'm fine with it. You're down 20 to a team that is one lot or, you know, one win better than being the worst team in the league. So maybe, maybe change some stuff up, which is something that we never saw from this team's previous coach who was like, this will work. This will work. This will work. This will work. We're losing by 40. This will work. This will work. This will work. This will work. (laughs) It was refreshing to see a coach be like, change this up. And I'm going to change up my starting lineup for the second half day. Every time I give my kid, every time I give my kid milk, he gets sick. I'll keep giving him. I'll keep giving him milk. <laughs> it's nice for this guy to be like, let's give him a juice box. This is not working. Yeah, yeah. I, I said I said it on Twitter earlier, man. The second half when I saw the lineup, I, and I've said it before this that I love how they are not beholden to anyone or any lineup on this team. They don't care. They're like, we know Zach Levine is the only dude who we're like, he has to start. That's it. Period. He's the only one. Everybody else can be replaced. Everybody else can be within the confines of the game and how things go and how things feel. 
everybody else can be replaced within this lineup. I love that so much, man, because like he's satisfying everybody. He's scratching everybody's itch. Everybody who you want to see out there, he's giving you the lineups. He's letting you see them out there. We want. I wanted to see Gafford out there. He gave me Gafford. You wanted to see Sato start. He gave you Sato start in the second half. You wanted to see Kobe White not be a point guard. He take. He put, made him a two. He said, "Fine, we'll take him off the ball. We'll let him do that." He's giving you. you people want to see that. People want to see Thad start. Fine. He put Thad out there. Matt, you mentioned you want to see Garrett Temple start. He want to see put Garrett Temple out there in the starting lineup. Fred wants to see Denzel start. Fine. I'll throw Denzel out there and let him start. I'm sure somebody wants to see Luke Cornette play. Like, he put Luke Cornette out there. It doesn't – he's letting everybody get a shot because you're an under 500 team right now. You're, you're in a playoff race, sure, but you're under 500, and we still don't know who can do really what. And man, it's just like you said, Matt. It's just refreshing. It's just refreshing. Uh, Come John, on down. You want to see play? <laughs> oh, freak on a leash? Definitely. <laughs> I definitely want to see freak on a leash play. Oh my god! Alexander said, "How would Luke Cornett look at his seven-one frame in the mirror and say, yeah, 'Yeah, I'm just gonna shoot some threes.' Okay, because running I, sucks. Was, <laughs> the one thing that I was curious about tonight was once again seeing Luke Cornett in the rotation." Uh, ahead of Gafford as the backup center for the now healthy again Wendell Carter Jr. I, mm-hmm. I get that Billy Donovan had said in some recent games against some recent teams with some big, you know, interior presences that he was trying to draw some of their opponents' bigs away from the basket by having Cornette out there because he is the mm-hmm. threat to space the floor. Theoretically, mm-hmm. that Gafford is not, that Wendell is not, and and really that Thad is not. But if, uh, also yeah. Felicio is not. If if you don't have the oh yeah Luke Cornett's like a, a seven footer who stretches the floor he's a stretch four or five he's a stretch five but he hasn't hit a three since 1982 then <laughs> that really doesn't work for you and the one thing and it wasn't for a extended run of time but there was at least a minute and a half I think in that second quarter when the Bulls were getting smacked around where Donovan had Wendell and Cornette on the floor at the same time. And I was like, no, 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 no. How about no? Can we not? How about no? Dave, what do you think about Cornette being ahead of Gafford, who, let's be honest, had some tough games before Cornette took his spot? Yeah, he did He did himself no favors at all. Like, seriously, he didn't play well when he was granted the opportunity to be the starting center of the team, and they didn't go away from him. They continued to let him start every game and try to figure it out, and he didn't look good. So you took him out. Great. Fine. Wonderful. I have no issue at all with him putting in Luke Cornette over him, man. Like, I don't it, – honestly, I'm not beholden to any of it. I really am not. I'm not – I don't have a firm, like, you've got to be there. Even when we argue about Kobe and Sato, like, you heard me last. I was like, fine, start him. Start Sato. Great. Put him out there. All right, great. I don't – wonderful. Like, I'm not beholden to anybody. I guess Zach Levine is the only one. I'm kind of like he's the only one I need to see start because he's your best player and – Clearly your best all-star and all that kind of stuff. But everybody else, man, you're just trying stuff out. You, you're trying to figure it out. And I think both of you guys said it best. Like, it's just an evaluation year. And we're just trying to figure out who can do what and what guys are comfortable and what guys we, we we like out there. We don't know if Patrick Williams is the three or four, if he's starting to come off the bench. We still don't know that yet. We, we know he's good, but we don't know because he's a rookie. We don't know if Wendell is, is going to be um, that center that – we can rely on going forward. Can he stay healthy? How many minutes can we keep him out there? Is he going to get in foul trouble? That kind of stuff. Is Kobe that point guard? Um, all these questions. 
but yeah, I have no problem if they're saying Luke Cornett. Because remember, previously we were seeing Felicio start. I mean, not start, but we were seeing Felicio get those minutes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not Luke Cornett. And I was fine with that too. <laughs> like, like it's cool. Like it's completely cool with me that he wants to try different things and see what works. And with Luke Cornett uh, going in over Gafford, Bulls are two and zero. Our buddy <laughs> seen up Tommy and Cornett twenty three percent from three. He should never oh. play again. <laughs> John, do you agree with that assessment? I mean, sure. Why wouldn't I? Like, like, why would, I mean, it's theoretically, but like, we've watched him for two years and he hasn't ever done much. Like, I, I do you know think- when he lit it up from downtown? When his Knicks beat the Bulls in the 2018 19 yep. season. He, he had like 30 he got a contract from us. The upcoming summer, the Bulls were like, yep. hey, Luke Cornett, you want to come play here? World, yep. world beaters, I, I, but you're so you were saying something big game about how, like, let's see, we don't know, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point in the season, I'm shocked how much we still don't know. I think mm-hmm. that is like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a, and I don't think that's a cause for a concern. I think that's often like viewed as a weakness, but it could not be like we still, we still don't know because they could be bad, we don't know, which is you know, mm-hmm. or they could be good, we don't know, like, which is good. But like, I do feel like the only one I still know is Zach, and I'm shocked that I haven't seen anyone like. I still don't know about Wendell. I still don't know about Kobe. You know, isn't that? I just think that's weird. This far into the season. Yeah, I mm. think you're right about that, John. And that leads me to the last thing I want to talk to you guys about tonight, which is more kind of big picture for this for the rest of this season. And moving on, um, there's been a lot of talk about Thad Young over the last week or so. He's been playing really well. Like he, like his on-off, you know, numbers for this Bulls team are. Truly impressive. Zach Levine referred to him as the team's MVP the other day after their win uh, over the Pacers. And in a lot of ways, Zach's not wrong. And we have, you know, the three of us kind of discussed, it's probably not a good sign if a 32-year-old fad young journeyman is that important to your team winning. Therefore, there are two schools of thought right now. Do you trade Thad before this March 25th deadline? Get what you can for him. Maybe a late first-round pick. Maybe a a collection of second-round picks. Maybe a young player uh, who needs a change of scenery. On a team, say, like Brooklyn or Boston, who could certainly use a depth at his position that Thad plays, that are poised to make a playoff run. Um, and, And by doing so, sacrifice his usefulness to this team this season. And maybe, uh, you know, at the cost of them, making you know the playoffs maybe as a 9-10 play in or maybe as an eight seed and the other school of thought being you know okay well you probably won't get anything great for him i would rather see him continue to be as valuable as he is to this team teaching these younger players helping these younger players making them better with his presence on the floor and in the locker room and hopefully they can get to at least the play in and these younger players some of whom at least the bulls plan on keeping uh, we'll gain that experience. I right now I'm tending to lean towards, dude. What, do you really gain all that much by like losing in the play-in as a nine or ten, compared to say putting yourself in position to trade up in a very stacked 2021 free uh, draft class by adding another asset for Thad Young and your own 2021 first-round pick? Maybe you look to trade up. There are so many other opportunities other than we need to keep Thad because we need to be the ninth seed. That's how I feel right now, John. How do you feel? I I I think I agree with you. Like, I mean, Thad Young is again, he's fine. 
He's a competent basketball player who puts up single digits and everything. Like, which is good. Like he's our, he's our best rebounder. He, he, he gets six assists. Like, but I, if you can get something for him, you trade him in a heartbeat because because then you get nothing from him. Now I do put I do think there's something to now with this play in tournament, like having a veteran who can like I can understand that argument. I don't think it I don't think I don't I don't see it as as valuable as actual value. And so uh, we got coaches who can teach him stuff. <laughs> like people are paid to teach him stuff. <laughs> like, like he's gonna move on. He's fine. He's fine. He and he's gonna leave us anyway. So get something, Dave. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna leave anyway. I, I think that's the bottom line of it. Um, as much, I mean, this is why everywhere he's gone, teams have you know raved about him as far as being the best teammate, and how guys just really love him and he's awesome and he's this and he's that. But he always leaves. Like he's not gonna just find this team now in his thirteenth year and say, you know what? I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable with this. This is it right here. No, he's going to go. And again, before I go into this, let me paraphrase by saying, like I said earlier on Twitter, I don't care if they trade him or not. I'm okay with whatever AK and Mark Eversley want to do. I'm completely cool with however they do it. If they want to keep him cool, if they trade him, cool. But with that said, yeah, man, in my head, I, I think you trade a guy like this. Like his value is super high right now. Team definitely want him. Like I'm sure Boston or a team like that shooting for playoff positioning wants a guy like that and you can get some high things for him as opposed to what we thought last year where we were like man can we even get a roll of socks and you know what I'm saying some tape and Denzel Valentine's new album for this guy we didn't know what we could get for this dude you know what I'm saying it didn't look good at all about what we could get for that but now with his value at his peak and I mean what do you have again tonight what do you have nine what do you have classic what am I looking at? What, nine, nine ten and seven right nine ten nine ten and seven with two steals that's awesome. That's awesome. What that's an awesome, awesome game. What an awesome game off the bench, man. But if that's your second best player, you know, eh, you know, like somebody else can give me that. Can't they like, can I, can I develop somebody on my team to, to give me something like that? But I don't know. But I'm just saying like, I'm not beholden to be like, we got to hold on but to Dad Young. We, we got to It always matters guy. what you get in return, right? So I think we often think about these players like we like them binary. We keep them or we trade them. I think that's how fans tend to view this. I like mm-hmm. them, keep them. I don't like them, get rid of them. When it's really like, it's value, right? So if you're offered one second round pick for that, that's a different argument than if you're offered a first, which I think is unlikely. Like, mm-hmm. but but like, I do think like, yeah, if one second round, I understand your argument of like leadership, but like that's, we have to figure out what, we don't even know what the offers are yet. And I think we often, we often make mm-hmm. these decisions without owing, never trade them. And it's like, What's they, what if they offer LeBron? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, like we have to know what it is, and I and I, I think we have to also realize what is it like. So, Matt, I have a question for you. What is a re, what do you think realistically? I'm not even saying conservatively. I'm just saying realistically, you, we could get for that yard. Somewhere between realistic and conservative, I would say a couple of second round picks, maybe a yeah. young player on a rookie deal. I'm in the same. Boat. I, I would be pleasantly surprised if they were able to snake any kind of future first round pick for Thad. I don't don't think it's likely. I don't think it's impossible unless there are other elements to that trade. But I will say, Matt, we, I mean, we, we got that for Nico. We got a first round pick. It's a different NBA though. It's a different NBA though. Yeah, but that was like two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like so valuable right now, I feel like. Right. 
depends on how many picks you have. Like a team like Boston a team, or a team, you know, they, they might have those picks to give. That's a good point. Uh, another layer of context to this whole conversation to me that some people might not be thinking about is that to me, and again, I said him before, I'll say him again, the two teams that I think are most likely to have use for one Thad Young for a playoff run, two teams in the East, Brooklyn and Boston. They need front court depth. Uh, you know, they, they need somebody who is willing to play defense. Um, and those are two teams who, certainly in Boston's case, used to have this giant treasure trove stashed away of all these future first-round picks. Not so much anymore. They've kind of cleaned them out, much like the Cubs cleaned out their farm system, you know, in the 2015 through 2020 era. And Brooklyn mm -hmm. just gave up their not only their all of their future firsts, but their grandchildren's future firsts for James Harden. So that might make it trickier to actually pry it away because, like you said, John, these future firsts are just so immensely valuable now compared to what they yeah. used to be. And teams are looking around like, all right, well, free agent class in 21 kind of dried up. Um, I've already, you know, mortgaged off this pick to this team and this pick to that team. And it, John, Wall, John Wall got one. They got <laughs> they got what? One second first rounder, right? Houston did for Russell Westbrook. One for yeah. former MVP. Mm. They got one. Yeah. Adam says, give him a, for a glove to I'll be named later. Peyton comes back. <laughs> uh, I would, but, but also, these guys like that are going to be buyout guys. And that's the that's the problem with this trade deadline is these mm -hmm. veteran guys yeah. who are looking for a chip who can do what he does will be free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can get them for free. And so you just wait. And that's the thing. Like even 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 a team like the Brooklyn Nets, man, who are who are looking for bodies, you know what I'm saying? They're looking for players to just be on their team. Even they could play into this uh situation right now. So yeah, you never know. Never know. Well, they uh they got some time. They got a little over a month still to figure out what they want to do. But and again, like kudos to the Bulls for coming back from a twenty point deficit and Huge. beating this 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 joke Big. of a Pistons team. Um I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not popping bottles about this win tonight, if we're being honest. Then they win, but they just beat like three really good teams. The Twenty point Detroit comeback is, is big. They, you know, they, yeah. they beat Boston recently. They beat Brooklyn recently. This this Pistons team did. Yeah, um, without KD, without KD. Right. Grant had forty one. That's you know, crazy. Again, and Brad almost like has they, his they, next they bunch of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, and real, I want to say because I I said I wanted to talk about this um, during during the stretch four when we were doing it. But Wendell Carter Jr., who had 18 and three tonight, um, he's doing something that I've been trying to see him do since he got here, and we've we've complained about it too. And the, the he's not hesitant right now. He is aggressive when he gets the ball. He's sure of himself when he goes to the bucket. He's finishing with the right and the left when they run a pick and roll. He's not panicking or pump faking or forgetting what he needs to do. He's actually just going up with the ball, shooting it, and doesn't matter if it goes in or not. He's not. He doesn't have his head down. He's back down on on the other end of the floor. I enjoy when I'm seeing confidence wise from Wendell Carter Jr. It's 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 making me happy to see him confident. And, and that's but Marlon. <laughs> Marlon would like to point out that the three is the more important number in his stat line of eighteen and three rebounds. Oh my God! Y'all complaining? He got eighteen. Come on, man. Like, He's your starting on, center, on, and he got three come rebounds. 
Come on, he was seven to nine shooting, man. Like, like, we, come on. If, if you if you tell him my starting shooter can give me like twenty points, I'll be okay if he walks away with three rebounds for a game. I'll be all right with that. Because if the next game he averages what like ten and ten, he always that's, gets like ten and ten. That's just what he does. That one, man. I would love ten. And yeah, 10. seriously, I right. 10. So if this is out I love of the realm, 10. if out of the realm is him getting twenty points, I have Kobe, Kobe scored eighteen. Oh. I, need, I need rebounds. I, I I tell you what though I the past two games I he's been really good. loved having Wendell's defense back out there. I mean he's playing he, he's playing he's playing differently. It feels different. He doesn't seem like he's lost. It seems it seems like yeah. he's, it seems like the microchip got like like we took the cartridge out, we blew on him, and then he's back and it's working. <laughs> That's the love I'm giving right now. I ain't talking about the like he just looks offensively like the dude we complained about That's for so point. long. Like that. He, Looking like this guy, and it's only been two games he's looked like yeah. this, of course. But he's looking like that guy right now, and and it's it's just good to see. Honestly, it's just really good. All to right, see. gentlemen, uh, we will leave it there. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us tonight. The Bulls off tomorrow, then back at it for a Friday, Saturday back to back. Friday, that's a real one. That's a biggie. You're at Philly taking on the Sixers. That team is damn good. I'm so excited to watch. Them. I am scared of what Joel Embiid is about to do to us. Like, I'm when I'm, when like, Del- yeah. I'm a I'm a call, I'm a call my mom halfway through the first quarter when Joel has 25 points, and I'm gonna say, "Mommy, hold me." It's gonna be bad, y'all. It's gonna be bad. But we will be here for it. And then the Bulls are uh, up against the Kings on Saturday to finish out the week. So we will see you then. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the tips as always, y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us. For Big Dave and John, I'm Matt. This is 